Cool. Um, we will do what we've done before. We will simply um, meditate. We'll start with the meditation and um, we will, the end of the meditation, we'll do the liberating prayer. I'll give a talk about, this time it will be attachment, um, and then we'll do meditation in the same vein, in the same, uh, going to the same lines, we've done it before. So let's begin. Sit with a good posture. Because we're already a little bit more in the, in the right zone, then it shouldn't be too much. Um, effort to begin settling yourself into the present moment. Just breathe and wait. Let yourself become more and more present. Again, because we are already in a better, better state than we were last night, this should not take too much, too much effort. You should just begin to quickly let go of the past, 
quickly settle yourself into you don't have to do it quickly but it shouldn't be too difficult to establish yourself in the present moment put the past in the past Breathe, wait, and begin to um, focus on your present moment. And now we're going to, before we will meditate on body of light, we're just going to strengthen our concentration or become more present through breathing meditation. You can meditate on the breath in various ways. You can just follow the breath in and out. You can focus on the movement. You may, if you wish, focus on the sensation of breath. You may even do the Omahum meditation whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you enjoy. Now treat yourself to a thoughtful, conscientious effort in concentrating a little bit in the present, permitting yourself to forget the past, not worrying about any future, and like this, you begin to develop a degree of peace in the present moment. So please guide yourself like this. This is your, um, you being kind to, your, to yourself.
If you find settling your mind is a little bit difficult, then then begin by um, then return to focusing on the present moment, on the environment, so that your mind is focused on a wider, larger, so to speak, object. And then after, when you're ready, try to focus your attention once again on your breath. This is how we help ourselves, how we train ourselves. We try to focus on a subtle object like the breath, And if we see that our mind is rebelling a little bit, we give our mind a wider, bigger object, which is a bit easier. Okay, so please guide yourself. We continue to settle ourselves into the present moment. Permission to let go of the past. Permission not to think about the future. Settling like a deep, vast ocean into the present moment. Or like a clear, empty sky.
Settling more and more into the present moment, now we will shift our attention to our body. And we're going to meditate on a body of light. We do this by first focusing on our body in its normal form. taking the time to experience our body in its normal form, the skeleton, the muscles, the inner organs, the skin, the limbs, the toes, fingers, the head. Noticing the volume our body takes in space, noticing the outline, the shape, of our body, becoming aware of the weight our body has, becoming aware of the density our body possesses. Just become aware of all these aspects, building your own body like this. Then we begin to melt our body into light. We do this gradually, remembering this is pure imagination. Start with a drop of light at the area of your chest. Allow this Allow this drop of light to increase in size.
Gently imagine it melts your the entirety of your torso, everything inside in your torso. And everything inside your limbs, your hands and your arms all the way down to the tip of the fingers, your legs all the way down to the tip of the toes. Melting into hollow clear light. Just pure imagination. Allowing, allowing this light to rise up the neck and throat. Gently melting everything, entering into our head, the back of the head. Melting everything all day sensory organs, the ears, the eyes, nose, tongue, the face, until finally all that remains to you, for you, is your skin, which is like a shell, containing a hollow body of light. Your mind is distracted if solidity returns and so on. Just remember the distracting thoughts are simply imaginations. They are waves of energy in the ocean of your mind. Pay no attention to these and you will naturally let them go. Pay attention to your skin like a shell, hosting or containing hollow body, 
of light. Imagine even the skin losing its resistance. Even the skin begins to be clear and translucent. Imagine you remain with a body of light, hollow like a rainbow. And the important thing is to have an experience that is light in weight, spacious, stay in this experience, stay inside this experience. We now imagine in front of us Guru Buddha, our Guru appearing as Buddha, Buddha appearing as our Guru. And in our heart, we imagine our own Guru, our own Venerable Teacher. You may Visualize these things. It is helpful to be in a state of mind feeling close to holy beings. 
beings who have completely cleansed their mind and abide only in love and compassion to all living beings. Then we recite thoughtfully, and we thoughtfully recite the liberating prayer. Precious treasury of compassion, bestow our supreme You who love all beings without exception are the source of happiness and goodness, and you guide us to the liberating path. Your body is a wish-fulfilling your speech is supreme purifying nectar, and your mind is refuge for all living beings. With folded hands I turn to you. Supreme unchanging friend, I request some of my heart. Please give me the light of your wisdom. To dispel the darkness of my mind and to heal my mental continuum. Please nourish me with your that I in turn may nourish all beings with an unceasing banquet of delight through your compassionate intention. Your blessings and virtuous deeds and my strong wish to rely upon you. May all suffering quickly cease. 
for me so thank you so um this when we when we are like this we get the chance to live um, streaming is on we get the chance to do again and again the repeated work of um just again and again training our mind and this is obviously what we need to remember our main job is to train our mind this is our um this is what we do with life okay um i know many people want to do a wide variety of uh, many people want to do many things with life but it turns out that um as you get older it's um the only thing that stays with you is whether you've trained your mind or not you know you want your children to come and visit you but they want to do other things you want um you know if you if you haven't trained your mind you will have so many wants and all these wants will necessarily be disappointed um, frustrated and you will have a very um frustrated you may put a brave face on for the world but your actual experience will be of um, disappointment or maybe not strong disappointment but certainly um meh kind of a thing you know that that's it is that what it's is that what it's all is that what it was all about why why did i have to go through i don't know all the education that i went through why did i have to bring i don't know the children up why did i have to and what, what what was it all for kind of a thing the reason for this kind of thoughts the reason for this kind of um, feelings is because in themselves these things do not bring um, do not bring lasting experience of peace especially those of you of uh, we all have parents your parents don't bring you lasting experience of peace Yeah, you may want to disagree about that, but I promise you that for many, many people, their parents don't bring them lasting experience of peace. For many people, their parents bring them the exact opposite. And if you are a parent, then that's what you give your children. <laughs> Sorry. It doesn't, and you, you might not like it, but it's it, these are facts and if you are if you have a if you're a parent and you have children well sometimes your children behaves in ways that causes you a big question mark did i bring this thing up i, I just know because i have conversations with even my mom and sometimes she has big question marks about the choices i've made and the choices my sister has made and things like that and it's not i'm not saying this in a negative way i'm just saying this is a fact you know and so you cannot at the end of the day you cannot escape 
that all these things that we try that we've done because that was the right thing to do that was what we were told to do and so on and so forth you cannot escape the fact that um these things do not bring um do not bring a lasting happiness and the reason why because they don't have the power it's it's just nonsensical to expect these things to to give us the to give us happiness but of course we don't even know that happiness is peaceful mind and all this kind of thing so anyway all this um talk is just about to and to remind you again and again and again that happiness is a peaceful mind the meaning of life is to make our mind peaceful to many people this sounds very selfish but actually it's not selfish i tell you bringing children to the world is selfish you know because many people say no bringing children to the world it's an act of love i can't deny that to an extent but you can't tell me that there's no selfishness in bringing children to the world even having a partner is to some extent selfish again these things we don't like to hear um but this is this is a fact okay it doesn't mean that our children are bad it doesn't mean that our partner is bad it does that that's not what it means it just means that we are doing all these things in order to find peace and but because we are doing because we find a partner mainly because we are lonely and we can't deal with loneliness or we find or we bring children to the world because we want to be we want to be busy with something and we might as well bring children to the world now of course partner can give you the opportunity to be kind to be giving to be but it turns out that partners gives you more the opportunity to be patient <laughs> yeah if you are that way inclined otherwise partners just give you the opportunity for resentment and irritation and the same with children by the way now why am i saying why am i talking about all these things it's just in order to explain that these because again we're meditating on equanimity and equanimity starts with there is no sense in being attached to whatever feels pleasant or attractive so basically what happens with attachment is um something appears in our world so maybe let me read from job part of good fortune so everything that i talked about is basically a preamble to what attachment does to us yeah so that's kind of like why and i'm sorry if i had to um i'm sorry if it's a little bit close to the bone when i'm talking about parents and um children and partners and selfishness and so on and so forth i'm sorry if it's a bit, i'm genuinely i'm not intending on offending anyone but you do need to understand we are in samsara and it does not matter how much you'll try to to run away from this the situation is always dire even if you're able to buy your food from waitrose okay and I'm a waitress junkie so I, I it's me I'm talking about myself okay I uh, 
I buy, I buy in Waitrose and I feel good about myself because I know that part of my money goes to the pockets of the people who stuck, who stuck the shelves. Stock or stack? Stack the shelves. Okay? So I feel good about my righteous behavior. <laughs> Not righteous, my, my good behavior. But no matter how much I'll buy and spend all my money in Waitrose and many of these... Um, uh, many of these people, they get their bonus at the end of the year and it's part of my money goes to them and I'm very happy about it and it will help them, help them to pay their rent and everything. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we're all in samsara. Do you get it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we are up or whether we are down. We are in samsara. So to some extent, we're always down. Everything is down. So I have to do this conversation because, in truth, kindness is what transcends us. Genuine kindness. This, this is something you need to understand. Kindness is what causes us to transcend. Kindness, not just kindness, not just any kindness, because any, many people, you know, my, the, the guy, the, the people who work in the fish and chips next door to us, they're very kind people, actually. We have very nice conversations with them, really nice people. The, the guy who runs the liquor shop, is it? no, the off-license shop next to us, very nice guy. His son is a very nice guy. You know, Paul from Times Square Cafe, they're nice people, they're kind people. I know because every so often I get a cake from somebody or I get a, a bit of this or a bit of people are kind, you know, and we know that. But that's, not the kind, and, and, but that's not the kindness that we talk about. And that's not the kindness that will help us to liberate and transcend samsara. The kindness that we talk about is a universal kindness. The kindness that we talk about is the kindness that we choose to be and it's the kindness that we want, that we choose to be, and that when our um, mind becomes um, um, unbalanced because it goes to anger or to attachment or to indifference, when that happens, because we chose to have a particular kindness and we see, because we're now recognizing the first of the three difficulties, because we're now recognizing that our mind is not kind, we are now choosing to, set, to, 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 to dissolve, to remove the unkind state of mind that we're having from our mind because we want to be specific, a special kind of kindness. Is this, is, I hope it's clear. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, um, I hope you understand what I'm talking about here. It's really, really important. This is a very... It's a particular kind of kindness that it, it comes from a conscious choice of having recognized a particular state of mind and thinking to ourselves, this state of mind is what I want to keep to maintain at all time, at all costs as well, which is not something that is um, that we are often willing to do. We're not often, we're not willing to keep our kindness at all costs. So please think about this. And, and, and with, with aversion, it's quite clear that it is not according to, it's not in line with 
um, kindness. Yeah, aversion is quite is straightforward. It's not. It's clear. It's not in line with kindness. Attachment, on the other hand, is is pesky. No, is 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 a trickster. No, it's worse than I don't know. I don't have a, a, a I don't have a right a good word for it. And attachment is in well, self cherishing is insidious. But I suppose attachment is not that far off from from self cherishing. And it is attachment is deceptive. It's more deceptive. It's more. We think that anger is dangerous, which it is. But actually, attachment is more dangerous. The reason why attachment is more dangerous is because anger, you know, if you were, if I gave you a whole day to be, if I gave you, an, if I gave you a spiritual instruction, I want you to, as soon as you step out of the house, every person that you see, to hate them. Okay, that's a spiritual instruction. How would you feel by the end of that hour? Of course, you would feel horrible. You think, Sheriff, why would I want to do this? It's very, I think the word is ostensibly, anger is ostensibly not nice. It's very dem demonstrate. Also, you might not see it on yourself, but when somebody else is angry, it's totally you you see it is visible isn't it and you, it doesn't just think we have just do a, a skip a little, we just hope hop onto somebody else's when someone else is angry sometimes it's quite visible isn't it does it make you want to be closer to them does it make you want to 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 really really help them and well unless you're a genuinely compassionate and kind person of course but ordinarily we don't. So when you're angry, you're like those people. Anyway, all this is because anger is visible. And you really, you really just don't want it. You understand. That's quite straightforward. Attachment is like a snake. It's like a, it's, it's like, it's sneaky, it's slimy, it's, it's, it's deceptive, it's two-faced, it's everything. Attachment is far more difficult. It's, more, it's much more deeper rooted in our psyche than anger is. Anger is said to be like bread, crumb breads, whereas attachment is said to be like oil in, soaked inside um, cloth. So attachment is more difficult to recognize and more difficult to let go of because attachment develops when there is a pleasant feeling. And when we have a pleasant feeling, it's like, you're not, you're kidding me. You're not asking me to let go of this. This is pleasant. The problem, before I read what attachment is, I just explain it in a general way. And then we'll read together and you'll get it. The problem with that, so you, you may say, but what's the problem with attachment? It feels pleasant. I like pleasant. I want to be. You say all the time, we need pleasant feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem with that is that that pleasant feeling, what it does, it, it causes us to develop a type of um, dependency. 
dependency? That we are not willing to acknowledge and to admit to, to admit for, to admit to. This is self-deception, folk. Okay? Now, again, as I said at the end of the previous session, I know it's sometimes just tiring to listen to the truth all the time. And I really acknowledge that, and I feel for you, okay? And I'm sorry, I, I can't. I'm not allowed to teach you that everything is going to be fine. Okay, I just, I can't. This is not me. I'm sorry. Maybe a different Buddhist teacher will teach you everything will be fine. And to some extent, if you keep gaslight your heart at all times, genuinely, if you know what it means, everything will be fine. It might take just a little bit longer if you don't help him. Okay? But let's go back to attachment. Attachment develops from a pleasant feeling, from initial pleasant feeling. But actually, also attachment is developed from a, from a lack. We are, we're like lack, lacking. In other words, attachment not only is developed from pleasant feelings, which it does, but it's also developed from an aspect of neediness. Okay? Now, as I said, I know it's sometimes hard to listen to this because you kind of like it's very close to the bone and you think, oh, I don't want you to talk about my neediness. I'm trying to avoid it. I've been, I've been, I'm 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. I'm 60, whatever old you are. I've been trying to avoid my neediness all these years. I don't want you to talk about it. Unfortunately, we can't. We have to talk about, you know, we have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only way to actually begin to so what happens is we have that need, we have that neediness. Anytime we come across something that is pleasant, we do exactly the same process of exaggeration as anger does, but from a different position. And then we want to own something. And then we think, oh, my neediness can now be uh, saturated or satiated because I've, ha I've got that article, that artifact. I've got that person. Okay, so now I'm not any more needy. But that's self-deception. Because you are as needy as anything. And if anything, you are now in a much more precarious situation because if you, if for your peace of mind, you need that thing, you need that person, let me inform you, you might not want to hear that, but you've now subjected yourself to a life of fear. Do you understand why? If you, if you have a need, from a place of, if you do things from a place of need, and then you come across something that you think, oh, that will solve my need, and it's not your mind, but it's somebody else or an art or something else, like, I don't know, a new coffee machine, so, my name is Sherab, and I'm looking for a new coffee machine. <laughs> we love you, Sherab. <laughs> We're all junkies for different things, you know, and it doesn't matter. It's all the same thing. We're working from a place of need, and we're seeking something to, to, feel that, to fulfill or to fill that need, that pothole in our heart. 
Um, I can just see the potholes in the street happening as we're speaking um, because of the freezing weather and because of the water. And it just naturally, I can see the lines already happening. Sorry, this is a total digression and it's not appropriate to talk about during a retreat. And I need to bash you a little bit more before I read and then we do the meditation. So if my need, if now I think this is what will fill my need and I acquired it, whether it's an animate person, animate or inanimate object, I've just doomed myself to a life of fear because what will happen if my tortoise will decide to go with the next door neighbor's budgie? What will I do? What will happen? Here it comes. What will happen to me? You know, anyway, that's self-cherishing, and that's obviously the root of all of it. But what attachment does, it binds us to forever be dependent. So rather than solving our problem, attachment is creating deeper problem. You understand? This problem, by the way, will never arise when the mind of love is genuine and pure. Because love and attachment are not the same thing. I'm not going to teach much about the two. They are very, very, they're not even close. But there's a problem with love. And I'll tell you that quickly. What when you have a mind of love, Everything appears, everything and everyone appears pleasant to you. Okay? It's really, this is where, this is, this is a high, this is something for you to understand. When you are, when you have a natural mind of kindness to, to other people, they naturally appear beautiful. But if your mind is not trained enough, so you have a mind of kindness towards them. Because of the mind of kindness, they appear beautiful. Because they appear beautiful, it appears pleasant to you. And guess what's going to happen? You can type it quickly if you feel that you know what's the answer. What's going to happen? So you have a mind of kindness towards them. Because of the mind of kindness, they appear beautiful to you. Because they appear beautiful to you, it's very pleasant. Because they appear pleasant, Guess what's going to happen? I'll give you a few seconds. Let's see if the people on uh, on uh, Vimeo wrote anything. Um, but anyway, just just type if you if you think that you know what's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you, not going to tell you. But oh, we have an answer, at least one. Before I'll have a look at it, let's see if there's any two answers. I haven't opened yet, so. Let's see if anybody from Vimeo, no. Right, this will be before, okay. Let's see what people wrote, if I can open it. We become attached, we all got it in one. <laughs> and then guess what happens? Attachment arises and we feel rubbish and we say love is painful. If it's not painful, it's not love. Have you ever heard anybody saying that? Or am I inventing it? What do you think? So let me inform you. If it's painful, 
It's anything but love. But of course, this is just the Buddhist way of looking at things. Right. Let me uh, thank you, Paul. It indeed is attachment. Let me now read about desire's attachment, and then we're going to meditate on it. Okay, we're going to meditate on how desire's attachment is developed. This folk is important. Desire's attachment is a mental factor that observes its contaminated object, feels it to be attractive, exaggerates its attractiveness, attractions, considers it desirable, develops desire to possess it, and feel it has become absorbed into the object. I'll, I'll, I'll just say it again, but um, let's, actually let's read the next paragraph. Desirous attachment develops as follows. I'll just read. First, we perceive or remember a contaminated object and feel it to be attractive. Then, we focus our attention on its good qualities and exaggerate them. With an exaggerated sense of the attractiveness of the object, we then hold it to be desirable and develop desire for it. Finally, our desire attaches us to the object so that it feels as if we have become glued to it or absorbed into it. Only when all these stages are completed has desirous attachment occurred. Let me just explain the last sentence and then expand the meditation. And why is it important to understand it only when the last stage, when we, be, we feel glued to it? Because it's not that if you walk down the street and there is a beautiful tortoise follow, uh, passing you by and you have a pleasant feeling, that's not attachment. Although for us it probably is because attachment actually develops quicker than the, than the speed of light. But, um, but in general, just walking down the street and having a pleasant feeling when you see a beautiful tree or you see, um, you know, just the pleasant feeling itself is not the problem. Where the problem begins is the process that comes, that ensues. The, the, pro, the process that follows up rapidly, like a flash, it happens whack. Although it's in stages, it happens very fast. Now, this is the meditation we're going to do. We're going to meditate exactly on what Geshla writes here, how desirous attachment develops. Okay? Let's do it. Sit with your back straight, your shoulders relaxed. Settle your mind.
settle your energy into the present moment. We do this by moving our attention from head to heart. And we remember that what we do here is we are trying to recognize our own attachment, which is not easy. It is one of the three difficulties, as we say. We, our aim is to develop kindness. For our kindness to be genuine, we must separate it from attachment. The two are not the same. So, we need to understand that it makes no sense to feel attachment to people who appear pleasant. And to understand why it makes no sense, we need to identify attachment. This is what we will now do. We will follow our Guru's teachings. I will read and you will try to translate and to help yourself to identify your own attachment. Don't push, don't try to have excellent results from the beginning. Just do your best. How does desirous attachment develop? First, you perceive or remember a contaminated object and feel it to be attractive. So now please, let's do this. From your heart into your mind, bring either a animate or inanimate, but probably it will be more effective if we recall a person or a group of people and we try to bring them to mind gently and to observe how we feel that they are attractive. There is a pleasant feeling and they appear to be attractive. You need to be very gentle. You need to observe the feeling in your mind when they appear.
Then observe how easy it is to focus your attention on these, this or these people's good qualities. And with this focusing, we begin a process of exaggeration. We make their apparent good qualities bigger than they actually are. And we may even add few that are not there. with an exaggerated sense of the attractiveness of the person or group of people or even an animate artifact, inanimate artifact. With an exaggerated sense, we now hold this, we hold it to be desirable. We now think, oh, this is desirable. All the time it feels very, very pleasant. But by now it's probably a little bit, in truth, agitating. Because we hold it to be desirable, now we desire it. then we feel completely glued into this thing. Mm, to some extent, we feel as if we are totally immersed in our mind with this thing. There is no room, there is no space between us and the thing, be it a person or an object. And we cannot think about anything or nothing else but this thing, this object. This is desirous attachment.
desirous attachment tells, gives us, provides us with fantasy that when I shall have this person or when I shall possess this thing, my difficulties will come to an end and everything will be fine. This will never happen. Try to understand this. Therefore, it makes no sense to be attached to people who appear attractive or pleasant. meditate on this last line there is no sense being being attached to things and people who appear pleasant to me just this there is no sense in being attached We should appreciate how attachment pains us in truth. Our attachment pains us. But we should also recognize that our attachment pains the other person. Therefore, because we want to be happy, Attachment makes no sense. It makes no sense to be attached to people or to things just because they appear pleasant. We can think, I must remove this deep mental problem from my mind. I must remove this deep, deep-rooted, deeply-seated mental problem I have, which is called attachment.
the last few moments, just focus on this clear understanding. Attachment arises from exaggerating whatever appears pleasant and then desiring it, desiring that which is exaggerated by my mind of attachment, desiring that which is not there and becoming glued to that which is not there. Therefore, desirous attachment makes no sense. In fact, it will cause me so many problems. I must remove this deep mental problem. I must cleanse myself from this deep mental problem. Then gently relax your concentration and arise from your meditation. Thank you. Okay. So, um, the issue of attachment is, is not an ordinary issue. I mean, it's it's an ordinary issue, of course, but really it's not something that, you know, you, you won't go to a counselor and they'll explain to you, your problem is your attachment. They may, but it's not the same attachment that, that, that we are talking about as Buddhists, you know. Um, for the one particular fact, because a counselor doesn't understand, or a psychologist, they don't understand what is mean a contaminated object. Once you don't know what a contaminated object, you, you can't understand attachment. Okay? Um, there may be a counselor that studied Buddhism correctly and, uh, and, and practiced many years, and they can explain to their, um, you know, there may be a bodhisattva counselor or psychologist or whatever, psychiatrist or whatever, um, who can then explain to lead others to see that what they're attached to is a figment of their own imagination and then they can let go of it but of course it's very difficult if you yourself are not haven't trained in it you can't explain this material to others correctly or powerfully enough if you yourself at least didn't try to identify according to buddha's teachings okay so and there is much more attachment is actually the 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 illness that attachment is is much 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 more insidious and multi-layered in its damage it does to us we even we because you can develop attachment to most people do think about attachment to do with sex but actually that's the easiest that's almost the big food attachment to food for example is far more difficult to let go of 
okay? Attachment to opinions is far more difficult. So you can develop attachment to different categories of phenomena. So you must understand this is a very, very, um, there's a very, very many, many subtleties in this. Now, what is important is not to feel like that, you know, you suddenly you start looking at your life and you're thinking, all these things I've done out of my attachment. Oh my goodness gracious me. You know? And then to start, guess what? Feeling bad about it and, and starting to mea culpa and all these kind of things, which is totally not the meaning. The meaning of this is not totally not the purpose. The purpose is, ah, I see. This is my attachment. And this is what the meaning of my life is to let go of it. Okay, it's just from the, the only thing you need to ask to do is to accept this is my conditions, this is what I've created to myself out of my, the variety of activities and the choices I've made throughout my life, and with this, and then I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll work from where I am with no discouragement, with no self-criticism, uh, with faith and with hope and with knowledge and with wisdom and with trust. That's where I am is where I start, and here I am, here I start. That's the, only that. I can't, I, that's how I do it, at least. I can't give you any other advice. Okay? Um, do understand anger is difficult enough. Attachment is anger squared, whatever, more difficult. Okay? So... You really have to have realistic understanding of what you're going to go, what you're up against. And do not challenge your attachment. Um, do not challenge levels of your attachment before you're actually ready to do it. And you will know that you're ready. Of course, you have to try bits and before that, but you have to, this is a gradual development. Don't try to, to know, renounce the entire universe because you're no longer attached to it. Geshla says to us in, um, in the books, you'll go and sit in a cave, and within a day or two, you'll develop attachment to one side of the cave over the other side of the cave. You'll develop, you'll prefer one type of um, bird song to another. You'll prefer one kind of weather over another. And all of this is just attachment. Okay? Because the problem is not from the object, the problem is from within the mind. All right. Um, the one last thing I wanted to say is something about preferences, but I won't talk about it now. I'll talk about it um, in the next session because you need to go and rest now. Okay. Thank you.